0: Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. In this episode, Mark talks about the whole subject of success and how to define it. Take a listen in and see what you think. Take it away, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you take your business to the next level. It gives you insights, reflects ideas, but also gives you some specific techniques and ways to think about your remodeling business. This particular podcast series is supported by the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, NERI, as well as Professional Remodeler Magazine, and produced by leading digital marketing organization, Surefire Local. Today I want to talk about a topic that I'm really hearing out there in the marketplace a lot more, and it's the whole subject of success. It's the whole subject of how to define success. The reality is that we're experiencing times out there in the remodeling industry which really has a high level of demand and activity going on. We're seeing homes appreciating. Interest rates are still at a very favorable place. The stock market has created a little bit of a wealth effect. The housing demand is greater than our ability in the industry to produce the houses, as well as unemployment is at a very, very low point. All this has created, I think, a level of confidence in, from a consumer point of view that really has allowed for a fairly robust, I think, remodeling industry. So while that's all great in terms of we have really good tailwinds behind us, I think you know where you're heading and how you're defining your success moving forward is really as or more important than ever. Because if you don't define success, if you don't have that clarity in terms of what it is is really uh, successful for your organization and for you specifically as an owner or leader in your business, then how would you expect your team to know where to head? You know, things aren't necessarily easier. As LeMond said, they're just getting faster, and it's more important than ever to have the clarity in terms of how to define success. So let me try to break out this subject in a couple of different ways. You know, some companies out there define success in terms of their top-line growth. In other words, their annualized sales. Some companies look at it in terms of market share. Now, market share, when it comes to the remodeling industry, is probably not one of the better ways to look at it because it's such a uh, fragmented industry. The best of the best, the biggest of the companies out there, actually have just a fraction of the market share. You know, many years ago, I was kind of curious because we think about all the different competitors in your marketplace. I was curious within my organization what percentage of the market share did we really have in terms of all of home improvement spending? And the reality is, in the particular area, it was less than 1% of the market share, still being the best of the best and certainly one of the biggest organizations. Another way to define success is really, I think, having. A balanced portfolio. Now, if you think about a balanced portfolio, uh, if you're investing, let's say, financially and you're working with a financial planner, one of the key elements is he's going to talk about levels of risk, and he's going to talk about what kind of balance do you want to see within your portfolio. Depending on whether you're more risk adverse or whether you are more aggressive in terms of your level of investment will affect kind of the the blend. In other words, you'd have more stocks, more bonds, or potentially real estate or different kind of things in your financial portfolio. Well, when you think about your business blend, it's very parallel, I think, to that as well. You know, what is the blend of your business? If you think about kind of when we hit the wall in 2008, those businesses that had a hot lot of higher risk or uh, upper end projects dropped off the most dramatically in the remodeling industry, where those that were the most stable, the replacement, the, the uh, small projects kind of division companies, they're the ones that had, I think, more stability. So how you define success may be in terms of what that blend is. Another way to define success is really looking at the team itself. You know, we see this in terms of sports. You know, those sports teams that have, I think, good A players, franchise players, and team members are the ones that they feel like they're positioned at least to get the wins. This is also true when it comes to your business. As you do an evaluation, defining success could be in terms of uh, the overall quality and the level of the team members. Another way to define success, which is probably the way that a lot of businesses tend to, and that is profitability. Now, the profitability within a business you have to look at it in different kind of ways. Higher level of profit is not necessarily always the best. You know, are you investing properly in the business to position yourself for next year? You know, what I always looked at with my organization was how well we predicted profitability more so than how much or how little it was. And those in the industry that can predict the profitability, can predict this amount of sales, this amount of leads, this amount of gross profit, and therefore this amount of profitability are generally the healthiest. Another way to define success, especially important today, is the client experience and the client results in terms of how are they out there reviewing you and talking about you. Also, you can start to define success if you want to get a little bit more indirect on the subject is about strategic alliances that are out there. But what's important is that you start to have a dialogue for yourself, a dialogue with your team of how do you all define success. Now, once you have that dialogue within the team, I think you can start to uh, unpack that as it relates to projects. You know, many years ago, when as we were growing the organization and we saw time and time again that a lot of different people were defining success and celebrating success differently, what we determined really was that there were really three primary legs when it came to project level of success. And those three levels were ones that we actually uh, define the theme. I've written about it in my books, as well as we would train on this subject and we would at least agree upon a project was not successful unless it met all three of these criteria. So what are those three? Number one is on time. Projects needed to be on time. Number two, they needed to be on budget number 3 they needed to have delighted clients now let's just unpack that a little bit and and talk about the why behind each one of those you know on time has a lot of reasons for it it has to do with your effectiveness has has to do with your ability to predict it also has to do with you being able to utilize your resources in the most effective way. Think about trains being on time or planes being on time. Where a company is going to be the healthiest is if they can predict and actually execute and be on time when it comes to projects. Now, needless to say, you have all sorts of curveballs that get sent into it, whether they come from the client, they come from weather, but you still need to have the rigor to say that this project was on time or a higher percentage of your projects are on time. The second one is on budget. Now, on budget, needless to say, has to do with the the financial kind of health of a project. I mean, you predict certain amount of costs. You predict certain amount of overhead and profit built into that. So being on budget is basically dealing with all the financial elements of a project and making sure that that outcome is consistent with what you predicted it to be. And then third is delighted client. Now, delighted client is really critical. In many ways, we talk about you need raving fans. It's not good enough for the client just to be satisfied. You know, I oftentimes think about the analogy or metaphor of going to a restaurant. You know, when you go to a restaurant and they bring you the bill and the waiter says, how was everything? And you say, oh, it was just fine. You're satisfied with it. You know, is that a guarantee that you're going to come back to that restaurant? Of course not. You know, the bread may, may have been stale. The soup might have been a little bit cold. Who knows what it was? But at the end of the day, what you have to kind of change the paradigm in the language, and that is, was your client delighted? Was your client a raving fan? Those businesses that put a lot of attention into creating raving fans and delighted clients are the most successful. Now, what's interesting about this subject is as I've thought about it more and more, you can use that same criteria when it comes to defining success in terms of how you communicate this to your clients. So you might have a conversation with a client and you might say to Mary and John, now let's talk about how we define success of your project. And the reason I want to Highlight this. that It's not just an internal kind of way to look at success. It's an external way. If you can get the client aligned with defining success, the way that you define success, the likelihood that you're going to hit those is going to be so much greater. So let me just expand on that a little bit more. If I'm having a conversation with a prospective client or a client talking about defining success for their project, I'm first and foremost making it obviously more of a conversation rather than just a speech to them. So I might ask them the question, how would they define success? I'd try to weave in some of the little insights and criteria. But then I would go on to say that what we have found, or many of our clients have found, that defining success on a project like this is really three kind of legs to the stool. Number one, we want to be on time. You know, this is your home, not a construction site. Therefore, we want to be on time. Now, to be able to be on time, you have to make your decisions effectively. You have to help us to be able to do that. Because whether you realize it or not, remodeling is sort of like having a suit tailored while the client's still inside it. If they're wiggling around, it's going to be very hard for the tailor to be able to do his job effectively. So being on time is really a mutual kind of thing that the client needs to help you do that as well. The second element is on budget. Well, again, that's an internal criteria for you, but I would argue it's also for the client as well. Let them know that you really do care about their money. This is their investment that they're putting in and what you determine up front. So what affects us getting off budget within the project? Well, changes and addendums and those kind of things. So you want to try to define as many of those things up front as you can, build it into the package, organize it so you can be on time and predicting the schedule properly. But you also want to have, I think, the right level of communication when it goes on on a weekly basis of any adjustments to the allowances or adjustments to the level of budget within a project. So again, on time on budget. And then the third leg of the stool, you need to say, you know, we want you to be delighted. You want to be delighted. You want to go to a cocktail party and talk about how wonderful your new kitchen is. And the only way that you're going to be delighted in this process is, in fact, if we have good communication. The way we're going to have good communication is we're going to meet on a weekly basis. There's going to be things that come up in this remodeling project that aren't necessarily ideal or perfect, but I can tell you I want you to be delighted at the end of this experience, and therefore it's really critical that we discuss those things as they come along. Communication is key. Nine times out of ten challenges in terms of home improvement or in terms of remodeling come as a result of miscommunication misunderstandings let's try let's do our best to try to avoid the the miscommunications and the likelihood for you to be delighted and for we to be delighted in terms of this relationship is much greater so as you think about the subject of defining success on time on budget, delighted client, is not just an internal kind of theme. It's something you can build in to your conversations when it comes to the client. And if you do that, the likelihood, the likelihood that it's truly success, it's truly a win-win, a win for you, and a win for the client, is going to be much, much greater. So, In this whole subject of defining success, it all starts, I think, with at a very high level, what's important to you? What are your priorities? What do you care about? You know, one of the things I find interesting on this whole subject is what the motivations are of different remodeling leaders, remodeling owners, business owners out there. And many years ago, I thought everybody cared about the same stuff. But the reality is, as I travel around and work with some of the best of the best, what people care about as owners are really different. You know, I've written about this subject, but there really are seven motivations of owners. And I mention this at this point in this particular podcast because it's great to talk about defining success in terms of the actual key metrics. It's great to define success in terms of projects. But if you even don't go deep enough and know what the motivations of the owner is in this particular case, the owner meaning the owner of the business, then I think you're going to probably be off track. So something to tuck away and really think about is what your motivations are within the business. Because that has a lot to do with how ultimately you or your team is going to define success. So there's seven motivations I really want to just touch on very briefly. But more importantly, I would encourage you to listen to the other podcasts where I get into this subject much, much more deeply. The seven motivations are, number one, is that you have a job. Now, this sounds a little condescending and patronizing to some of the owners out there, but there are many owners, quite frankly, that started a remodeling business because they lost a job or they decided to leave a job. So now they had a new job, and that new job was called their remodeling business. So now, all of a sudden, they were in this remodeling business, and they're just, quite frankly, satisfied to have a job. It's not necessarily about growth. It's not about market share. It's not about client experience. They're just happy to have somewhere to go to every single day and some paycheck coming in as a result of the business. The second motivation is more of an entrepreneurial motivator. You know, there's many owners out there, especially as they get bigger and bigger, that are so motivated by chasing the shiny object. It's more an entrepreneurial or innovative kind of gene within them. The third is more of the investment. You know, I have a friend out in Southern California that actually looks at his business purely, purely, I think, as more of an investment. You know, he looks at his business like a piece of real estate. He looks at it like in terms of uh, talented athletes. He even refers to his salespeople as racehorses, and the better ones get the oats so that they can run faster. You know, are the motivations more wrapped around investment? It could be wrapped around ego. Some people are more focused, quite frankly, of being on a cover of magazine or getting awards or being recognized than necessarily they are in terms of profitability or return on investment or in terms of cool and new ideas. It could be focused more on the uh, evangelistic elements. You know, one of the neat things about the remodeling business, there are many businesses out there, quite frankly, that are more interested in a cause cause being related to the energy, cause being related to aging in place, cause being related to just making communities a better place. You know, that might be the motivation as much as anything else. Another motivation is the business itself. You know, I was very focused on this. The business was the patient. The business had a life of its own. That could be the motivation. Another motivator could be legacy. Now, I'm finding this is especially true. You know, what's that next generation? I have a friend of mine out in the West who actually is an older gentleman who has a business and I asked him, you know, what really gets you excited about the business? What gets you kind of motivated? And what really motivated him more than anything was his family's well-being, his other family members within the business having not only a good place for a future but also their levels of stress and their levels of balance. So, as you think about this subject and the seven motivations, most owners are actually a blend of these things. Just like I use the financial portfolio kind of blend before. Most owners are a blend of these different motivators. It's a blend of having a job, being more of an entrepreneur, investor, uh, ego blend, uh, evangelist, or the business or the legacy. They're a blend of these seven different motivators. And as a result of this, you just need to know what color and what motivates you. So in closing, if you understand your fundamental motivations, you can then, I think, have a better sense of defining success. And once you define success, whether it's my definition in terms of the projects or whether it relates to success holistically into business, once you define success, the next step is you need to start to communicate that. You need to start to have dialogue with that. And that dialogue, as I said earlier, when it comes to projects, it's not just between you and your team and your project managers and sales, but it's also having that dialogue with your clients. And I think when you can start to define success with your clients, the likelihood you're going to hit it is so much greater. But then that dialogue also needs to be relative to how do you define success on a regular basis when it comes to the business. At the end of the day, you know, it's really focus on the destination, focus on how you define success, and then the likelihood of creating that roadmap of how to get there is so much greater. So I want to, again, thank certainly my sponsors for this, thank certainly my supporters of this particular group, Nary, Professional Modeler, as well as Surefire Local, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Mark. You just listened to episode 96 of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Romali Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. I hope you were able to take away the different types of success and what defines them. Thank you for listening in and we hope to see you next time.